Hey guys, welcome to the One Delightful Podcast. Where we believe life should be simple. But awesome. I'm Katie. And I'm Philip. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we try to start a new business and grow our family. While trying to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what really matters. And trust us, if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show, we have a camper update. We're going to have a discussion about what happens when your dreams die. Hmm. I wonder what that might be concerning. (laughs) And we'll end as always with what do you recommend? We have a sad update. We sold the camper. I still feel sad about it. You know, I know it was mostly my idea, but I feel sad about it too. You do? I do. You're just so much sadder. Yeah. That I feel like my sadness just, it almost feels like it's non-existent. It's like sidebar to my entree of sadness. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's the Ruby Tuesday salad bar to your hamburger of sadness. So we're going to be talking more about that, but... What happened? Do you want to share? Yeah. So we did get the Airstream. Right. And it was a harrowing experience from top to bottom, right? We already talked about that. We already talked about that. So it was hard to get it to our house. And then as we started doing a little bit of work on it, we noticed that there were some issues with it. Yeah. I think as we had it and the timeline started to get real of we're supposed to be staying this in a few in this in a few weeks I started to feel like we really need to get it checked out by a professional before we can do work to it you know why put money into it if we're really just putting like a band-aid on a big issue and sadness but it was a good thing that we did so I I hitched it up which holy cow backing that thing into our driveway that only had six inches of clearance on either side was but you did it twice (sighs) I hated every second of it, getting it hitched up on an angle, which you're probably not even supposed to park these on an angle. Yeah, there are a lot of things. Super hard. And then I drove it up to New Hampshire to this RV place. And it was, I don't know what you would imagine RV dudes being like, but this is exactly what I imagine an (laughs) RV dude looking like. He was um, wearing like Carhartt jeans. He was probably in his 60s. He was very matter of fact. He was very serious. And he just looked at it stepped inside, saw a couple of soft spots on the floor and said, you don't want any piece of this. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I actually, now I've read more about Airstream stuff, probably stuff I should have done prior to buying one. But basically what I've read is anyone that thinks you're not going to have to take apart the whole thing when it's built before the 80s is like kidding themselves. Yeah, and that's basically and what I the wish, guy said. Right. I wish we had known that before buying it. Right. But now it, we know. <laughs> the guy was really nice, but he said there's a lot of people that think it's sort of romantic to renovate these things. Then, Like myself. It has to be torn apart, essentially. And he said you either need six months and $6,000 to do it yourself, or you could pay us like 20 grand and we'll do it. To which we said, yikes. And he also said that these projects are like a labor of love, which I feel like was a really big takeaway from 
from it for me. Like, that's right. not what we were Don't looking for. Don't do anything you love. No, but I mean, our goal with it was not a labor of love. Our goal was renovate quickly a small space that our family can live in on weekends. It and was it more mostly like- be like putting up wallpaper and painting the cabinets. So we had space for like a labor of like. Yeah. But what that needed was a labor of love. And we just weren't ready to make that kind of commitment yet. I still, it did make me fall more in love with like camper renovations and RV renovations. So I wouldn't say the chapter's closed, but we sadly had to list it on Craigslist. And if anyone is thinking about selling a camper, let me tell you, we know all the places to list them now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because... We had Airbnb guests coming. Yeah. And so the thing had to get out of our well, driveway. So we Aaron, had like a week long mad dash to get the thing I sold. Know, but and you it know was what, Philip? I think I have lower back pain from the stress uh, of selling it. Erin said she would have just said to her Airbnb guests, There's a camper in the driveway. Walk around it. <laughs> we want to give them a five star experience, okay. Katie. Okay, so we listed it on every platform we could find a place to list it. And finally, it sold to somebody that knew what they were getting into. Right. Wanted to gut it. They wanted a labor of love. They wanted to just love it right we down gave it to a the good bone. Home. Yeah. But then the saddest thing was when we got the ornament from the previous We owners. bought it from such a nice family who I don't think realized how much work yeah, needed they, to be done to it. Yeah, they weren't trying to take advantage and of And they us. sent a really nice note in a Christmas ornament that said, God bless our camper. So I'll take a picture of it and put it in my Insta stories. So sweet. So we don't know where we're staying on weekends now. Yeah. But that, unfortunately, is the camper update. Mm-hmm. On last week's podcast, we talked about what to do during a season of transition and what that looks like as people going through a transition like that. Did you know that my high school band's name was The Transition? Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> but when we were Did recording... Did you know we won the Battle of the Bands my senior year? I knew that because it's one of your like things that you always share about. I have it on VHS. <laughs> okay. We had guys dressed up like robots. Now I'm giving Philip the hand signal that's a mouth talking too much. Okay, (laughs) he didn't reply. Um, Okay, so when we were recording that podcast last week, we had no idea that our plans, I feel like during seasons of transition, you want to make plans, but our plans were about to change and fall apart. Come crashing down. (laughs) Death to a vision. Our dream. Where does the idea death became a nightmare? I hate when Philip says that. He tried to say it to me earlier today, but I just finished the book, Girl on a Train. And if you've read it, it just has to do with dreams becoming nightmares. Okay, anyways. Oh, so they knew about the airstream. (laughs) No, but what I'm trying to say is we didn't know that our, we thought we kind of loosely had a plan in the midst of this season of transition. And then it was like, Oh, your plans just fell apart. And so we thought it might be interesting to talk about what do you do when stuff like that happens? Because 
beep. Like that happens all the time. <laughs> I didn't say oh, the word. I, see I just you beeped it yourself. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see I what you did myself. there. I see what you did there. Make sure you're not listening with young children around. <laughs> well, I bleeped it. But I feel what you're saying with that. Um, we're already going through a season of transition, so life already feels a little bit uncertain and hard, right? Yeah, and I feel like you compensate by trying to make some sort of plan. And plans maybe equal like stability, right? Like a on ramp to like a good future, right? So on on ramp to and it's security. good to make plans. But what do you do when it doesn't work? And this this just like didn't work, right? Yeah. It was a really good idea, and it sort of took us having to walk through it to figure out, oh wow, for a lot of reasons, we're not going to be able to camp much longer because it's winter. The right. restoration was going to take a lot more time and a lot more space than we were going to be able to have. It just didn't work. Right. We were on a very tight, tight timeline of when we needed it to work. So what do we do now when stuff still, again, you guys are sort of listening to this in real time and we don't know exactly how stuff's going to turn out. We still have the month of October booked. Every weekend, Airbnb yeah. guests to supplement our income. But we don't have places to stay. And so I feel like for me, that made me spiral to being really disappointed, depressed, frustrated. Where I think for you, because you had to do the physical labor of bringing the camper up and then also the physical labor of selling the camper, talking to the people all that kind of hard emotional work, you were more ready to like um, move on. I definitely was. <laughs> so it be, it was apparent that it, again, it was, we wouldn't have known going in, I think. I feel like it's one of those it, things that your parents are like, it's cold out, wear a jacket. And you're like, I'm all right. And you have to like go outside and know that it's, because I think had we not bought this camper, we probably would have bought something and found out how much work it was going to be. I totally agree. And for me, it was a little bit easier to realize very quickly, we can't do this because I was towing it and figuring out where it was going to get stored and that kind of thing. So it was a lot easier for me to say, we got to do something different, even though that's hard, um, than it was for you. Yes. Because I had already bought wallpaper. (laughs) That's right. And, um, adhesive remover. And I had also already bought um, acrylic wine glasses. And we had spent $10,000 on interior cabinets. That's a lie. No, I'm joking. We didn't actually Thankfully, we found out when we did, though, because I had tried to get multiple appointments with RV shops getting somebody to look at it, but apparently up here, a lot of people winterize their RVs. Oh, that's why it was hard to get Yeah, I think so. So it's like you've got to winterize it so the thing doesn't like... You know, the pipes don't burst and stuff like that. So I think it's a busy time of year with RV stuff. And if we hadn't got an appointment with this place, our plan was be as ready as possible, like have laminate flooring, you know, so that once we got the okay from somebody, we would be like ready to pull the trigger on So everything. in terms of learning from a mistake, yeah. we lucked out because... It happened really quick, and we ended yeah. up not losing money on it when yeah. we sold it. And somebody, I feel like talking to other people, they're like, oh, wow, you sold it already. And I'm like, Philip couldn't sell it fast enough. That's right. We, it gave, it literally gave me lower back pain, and I couldn't sleep. 
Yeah. Thinking about driving it. Yeah. So. But it's. The camper. The camper, which it seems sort of like a silly thing when we're talking about it, but it really was our plan Mm -hmm. to financially make it through this season because it was going to be the place, one, where we were going to stay while we Airbnb'd our house, and two, it also connected to sort of our dream to have more margin, right? Where if we were forced to be in a camper, Mm -hmm. we were going to be forced to have a little more low-key weekends to just spend time with our kids. And so it's hard to have that sort of taken away and have to figure out what we're going to do instead. And I feel like we both learned a lot about how we cope with change, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, sort of in plans and dreams as we went through it, right? Right. Well, so when my sister Emily was little, my mom used to say that... This is going to be an incredible parable. <laughs> I'm just calling it. I feel it. like it's like when Emily was I like I don't know two. what you're going to say, but this is going to be an effective parable to communicate a great point. Emily was just like kind of a tough, stubborn kid. And she would sometimes... Hi, Emily. <laughs> she would sometimes just need some like mad time. Like where like if you were like worked up about something, you don't want somebody just saying, get over it. You know, you kind of need to, like, blow off some steam. And I feel like for me, it was this, like, you were ready to say, hey, let's just figure out what we're going to do. Let's start asking friends if we can stay with them. Let's figure out what plan B was. But I feel like it was surprisingly emotional for me where I needed some mad time. Yeah, and I made the mistake because I processed this very differently. And you had kind of processed it sooner because you had really been more in the thick of it than I had. It was harder for me, so it was easier to come to the conclusion. But I think, so for you, you needed some time to be sad before you could move on to talking about what we're going to do instead. For me, I'm just so like paranoid about being secure and having a plan that the way that I cope is by immediately wanting to come up with a new plan. So it was a hard process, honestly, because you were sad and I was too much of a bonehead to realize that you needed time to process it. I want a plan. So I was sort of forcing that on you, like trying to make a plan too soon. Even though I couldn't imagine saying it more explicitly than I did. It's amazing how (laughs) explicit, not in the adult way, but clear you have to be to get through to me because my skull is thick. I'm pretty sure I said, I'm really sad about this. I need some time to be sad about this. If we can even talk about it at the end of the day, I'll probably be better then. And you still were like, what are we going to talk about this? What are we going to do? The sky's... I was like a little chicken little. So I think the other point that we thought was interesting with this process was how... But we did end up talking about it later that night, and it was we were good. We babe, you interrupted me. I'm so. Did sorry. everyone in America hear that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we did end up talking about it, but I realized that there was a piece of me because so we bought the camper, and then I like had it on Facebook Marketplace. So I had some like local friends and people I know through our shop saying like oh you're selling it I'm so bummed I was so and so I had kind of said to people that commented it online saying oh we we still like are hoping to get a camper we just can't take on this one and I think for me the next piece was giving up the dream of a new camper another camper right now where I felt like 
on one hand, I could try to convince you, and I probably would have been able to. You're just so pretty. (laughs) Shut up. I found a camper in Vermont that's winterized, so they, like, did the work so that it's a four-season camper. And so I was like, do I, you know, try and convince Philip that we should do this? Um, But sometimes when, like, things fall apart, I feel like you have this gut, like... I want to selfishly push this plan through, but I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Where I felt like that was my gut with this particular situation with us, where I was so sad that this did not work, that there was a piece of me that just wanted to say, let's just force it. Like, let's like buy a new one. Let's, you know, move on and I'll still get to use my acrylic wine glasses. Wait, is that the right word? We could still use those. (sighs) We don't need them, though. I mean, we might be able to use them on the beach this summer. But anyways, um, so, but I, I felt like, I felt this, like, sense in myself of trying to force this through when it wasn't the right thing to do. And I think that that's something that a lot of people probably feel when, a dream dies of like a little kid, like the kind of little kid, like feeling of impatient. No, like I really wanted this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the hardest things about the season that we're in a transition, right? Is it's all about, we're in this middle ground and we have to sort of wait to see what's going to happen. And it is super hard to wait. Right. So experiencing a little sense of failure in the midst of that, I feel like you just have to, it's amazing how you have to choose constantly how you're going to handle it, right? Yeah. Um, Because it'd be really easy to force it, like you said. Mm -hmm. No, we're just going to make this work. Even though after we bought the camper, we realized this was not the right thing to do. Right. Well, we, we had, it was such a short timeline. Like we needed to be able to use it all through October, right? Right. And so that window was already closing. Because I don't think it always means like, okay, something falls apart. You just need to like give up. But for us, I felt like I felt like a little kid being like, I'm mad because I didn't get my way and like wanting to make it happen still. But also knowing you're acting like a little kid. You following me? Yeah, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And it was just like you needed some time to cope with something that was really cool for you not Mm -hmm. working out. Yeah. Um, But we could have forced it. I feel like another thing is just what you said. We could have just given up and said, whatever, we're staying in a hotel and not making any money or whatever. We're going to cancel all of our Airbnb reservations. This is all just dumb. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty easy to give up too. Um, But I think the hard thing that we're really trying to do is – stick to sort of the principles that we're trying to live by where mm-hmm. we want to have a life with more margin that's more uncluttered um, more time for each other and space for what matters um, and we believe that we can make this happen even though we're not 100% sure how mm-hmm. and something we just tried just didn't like work super well right um, and so what's it look like to navigate we don't know what the future holds. We're in a season of transition. We thought we had a plan. The plan fell through, but we're still going to make this happen somehow. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I, I have no idea if I'm a five wing or a seven wing on the Enneagram, but I think that 
there's a chance that I'm a seven-ish wing and it's hard for me because I just saw this as so much fun. I had to like think through the details of how will it be fun if we have to do something else on the weekends. Right. Because then I started to be like, okay, well, because one of Philip's ideas has been, I mean, we have some awesome friends that have very graciously hosted us last weekend, hosting us, different couple hosting us this weekend. And then we've had friends that have said, you can stay with us whenever. But at the same time, there's some logistical things that are hard of like, our kids would be sleeping on their couches. and. Right. They'd be keeping one another up at night and stuff like that. But one of Philip's ideas has been, let's just stay at a less expensive Airbnb. And I, as I started to process that, I was like, okay, well, what if I think the thing that was so fun about the camper was like, oh, maybe we can go up to Acadia, Maine, or maybe we, you know, we could have all these cool experiences, but I feel feel like maybe on the weekends we're not staying with a friend it's like well maybe we could go down to boston or whatever and oh, yeah. we still get that kind of hadn't even thought about that fun experience of getting to see somewhere else and kind of being like together as a family so but that just is an example of there's this like mindset thing of how are you going to handle it when things don't go the way you want them to go Mm -hmm. And we're not doing a super good job, but I, we're really trying hard to say we're going to figure this out and we're not going to give up. Yeah. So a big question mark is how are we going to do this? Because <laughs> we have we do have Airbnb guests yeah. every weekend for the next five weeks. And we're still very committed to figuring out what it looks like to have margin in our lives. We're still prioritizing our priorities. I feel like we give ourselves probably a C plus on the no technology thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're trying to do no tech three thirty five seven to nine on Sundays, and I feel like we get about a C plus. Well, I feel like it's always easy to make excuses about like, but this week was really weird. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> every week's been weird. <laughs> every week, every week has been weird. Yeah. That's right. I feel like we're doing okay, continuing to declutter spaces because getting ready for Airbnb was yeah. super hard. If you want to know how to get ready for Airbnb, talk to us because I feel like we really know how to do it right yeah. now. We're actually working on a guidebook. Oh yeah, which could be good. Yeah. Um. But we're still trying to create margin mm -hmm. in our lives, and we want to work that in with one of the ways we're doing it is by renting out our house. So how do we create margin on the weekends, not being here and not having the camper? And we'll keep you updated because we're trying to figure that out. We are nomads, Philip. <laughs> we are pilgrim. We are a pilgrim people. Isn't that ironic? I mean, we live in Massachusetts. <laughs> So this week, I guess we're ending at sort of like a very unfinished note. Yeah. Um, but that's reality, right? That's like where our life is right now. Um, and we're glad to have you along for the journey. Yeah. And we love to hear how if you process the like dying of a dream in a totally different way, I feel like it'd be really interesting to hear how other people handle this different. Because I feel like we kind of got your perspective and my perspective, but there's definitely other ways that people kind of cope with you had a vision or a dream and it didn't work. Yeah. It would be really interesting to hear what you think about yeah. that. Great.
And then, so if you have a comment about that or a question for future episodes, you can email us at wondelightfulshop.com. Oh, no. Wondelightfulshop at gmail.com. That sounds better. We're going to end today's show with What Do You Recommend, where we make a recommendation of something that we like in the world. So, Philip, what do you recommend? My recommendation this week, as our little four-year-old looks on and tries to poke us, say, hi, Carter. Hi. <laughs> she's a little bit sick, so she's got a gravelly she voice. She cute. Do you know you're cute? Yeah, she's wave- nodding her head, Yes. My recommendation this week is a chain of restaurants on the North Shore of Massachusetts called the Serenity Restaurants. Um, And I'm making this recommendation, whether you're local or not local, because it is so nice to have a chain of local restaurants that are all different and in different towns. But when you go to them, you know what sort of like quality level of food to expect. Yeah, it's kind of a unique situation. Right? Yeah, we hadn't experienced it before, but it's so cool. So there's this chain of like, I guess they're independently owned. Are they? They're I not think, a franchise? I think that they're independently owned. Okay. But every town has a different Serenity restaurant that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have different vibes, different menus. But when you go, you can go to any of them and expect like a similar quality and price of food. That? Carter's in the background yelling and at us. And I feel like they try to kind of meet the vibe of the community they're in. Right. And sometimes I feel like they get it better than others. Because you can't really like, unless you're a local body of people and restaurant, it's hard to like get it completely right. Totally. But so, the food's been good. If you go to Chili's, you know what the fajitas are going to be like, but there's going to be no local vibe. If you go to Serenity, it's going to be a total local vibe, but you also know the quality of food that you're going to have, which is awesome. Yeah, and really good food. So my recommendation is either check one out, or if you're not local, try to find a similar local chain. Or come visit the North Shore of Boston. Well, Katie, now that we are kid-free, it is much harder to record this with kids around. What do you recommend? So I recommend a pair of Vans that I that you got me. Oh, for your birthday. Yeah, and they're leopard print. Happy birthday. It's like the gift that keeps you. on giving. And I really like them. And I feel like now I've had them for several months and I'm really enjoying them. So I feel like I can give a strong review for them. And I just want to say they make me feel like I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> They add a little like pop. That's a very important thing for you. Yeah, I see, I it, see to it myself every up. day. Wait, seriously? A little bit. Like it's kind of like my m- mantra. Your mantra when you wake up in the morning, you're rubbing the sleep out of your eyes. You say, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. A little bit. Not <laughs> not usually in the morning, but it does usually come up at some point. I think because I'm like such a child at heart. It's like... You know, and but being a mom is a big part of my identity, and I've never wanted to be a mini van driving mom. However, now I do want a minivan. Okay, but I will wear these shoes at the same time. Maybe if you kick them up on the put on the cruise control, yeah. and kick them up on the dash, yeah, and just point to them when anybody drives by you. Right. 
So I think I felt more secured in my identity that I could get a minivan now. Because of the vans. Yeah, the vans are helping with the minivan idea. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So these are leopard print, and I feel like right now it's like the perfect season for them here where it's like starting to transition to cold, but you don't really want to be wearing your boots yet because you're going to be wearing them for months. So we'll put a link to those in the show notes. That's going to do it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. And if you want to find us on Instagram or Facebook or email us, it's One Delightful Shop on Instagram, One Delightful Shop on Facebook, or email us at OneDelightfulShop at gmail.com. And we really would like to know, how do you handle like a death to a vision or a death to a dream? Shoot us an email and let us know. And also, while you're at it, please don't leave what you do when you have a death to a vision in a review, but we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more people see the podcast. Yes. 